In today's episode, we're going to find out what happens when a single woman who's trying to figure out where she wants to live moves around a little bit and suddenly finds out that the place that she's living currently, the units are going to be going up a thousand dollars a month at the end of her lease. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You jump on the How to Buy a Home podcast and figure out how to stop being a renter ASAP. Let's hear this story. everybody. It is one of our very exciting episodes. It is the interview episode. So with us today, we've got Amber. Amber, say hello to all the How to Buy Homies. Hello. <laughs> so uh, you're sitting in your brand new house. We can see uh, those of you watching on the video, you can see even the pictures aren't even hung up yet. Um, but that's okay. It takes a while to move into your house. We're just stoked that she's there. So um, everybody wants to know you know, what people learn through the process. So Amber, would you give us, uh, you know, one of the biggest tips that you learned throughout the process, good or bad? Um, I would say the biggest thing is just doing your research. Um, a couple of things there. I feel like a lot of us are just really busy these days and we're trying to get to the point of, you know, like I, I like very like matter of fact kind of information, right? Like just tell me what I need to do so that I can move forward. I don't have time to kind of like, mingle through a lot of things before I finally figure out what it is that I'm supposed to do. Um, so I think finding resources and uh, in in your case, this podcast was a very big help to me in that way. Um, I would go on walks in the morning and just in that time, listen. And, and I felt like, you know, the advice that I got and everything that I listened to was very, again, straight to the point. It was factual. It was mathematical things that are important to me when I'm making decisions, especially ones as big as buying a house. Um, so again, research, you know, figure out what you're getting yourself into, because I think the biggest thing is that we always have an idea of what we're getting ourselves into. And then we actually get into it and we're kind of like thrown off by all of these extra little things that we didn't think about or we didn't consider. Um, and I think really finding again, the right resources and the right people to talk you through what you're about to go through is a huge, huge thing. Um, just helping you pre prepare basically for, uh, whether it's financial, um, time-wise, right? Like buying a house is very time-consuming. I think, again, I think that's just like my biggest thing is I'm always about like research and figure, figuring out what you're what you're about to do to your life. <laughs> well, uh, you're the very first person in the entire world that's ever said that uh, I'm straight to the point. Um, so <laughs> you must have been- a very long-winded person. So to me, you're very straight to the point. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, I was going to say you had to listen to me at two times speed uh, on your podcast, but well, I'm really glad it is. Uh, uh, we talk about that a lot, actually. Um, probably one of the biggest hurdles I have with first time homebuyers is, uh, you know, combating TikTok and Instagram and websites that tell you three things and then say, so sign up for this course and you'll learn it all. And the course is like nine sentences. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. Uh, and Amber, you brought up something really interesting. Now you, uh, were you in New York city at the time that you started this or had you already moved? Uh, no, I was still, so I was in New York for two years. I 
it's funny because during the pandemic, everyone kept saying, you know, this is going to last for a while. Like I had found like a really great, great rent for New York. And so I thought it was going to be a minute. And then rent just started getting a little crazy again. So I had moved to Jersey City at this point, um, just mm-hmm. across the water. But I quickly realized that Jersey City was very different than like New York City. And I hated it. <laughs> yep. And I just kind of, you know, I had lived in the D.C. area before that. And I just missed my friends and just kind of the lifestyle that I had here. Um, so I kind of quickly just thought, you know, okay, at this point, I got to make a plan. And it should probably be including like buying a house at this point. Um, so I was like in Jersey City, freshly out of New York City at this point. Wow. Okay. So this is really interesting. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to paint the picture with where you were at for some of, uh, well, for all the listeners, and then um, kind of go over that stuff because that's really interesting. The combination between Jersey City, the rent, and the friends. Um, okay, so <laughs> did you purchase, you purchased this place on your own? Yes. Okay, so you purchased this on your own. You, uh, career lady, uh, but you still had student debt. I think when we started, you had $29,000 in student debt. That was correct? Yes. Great. And then you still had some credit card debt as well, uh, ten to 12000 You had a great credit score at 740 But when you started, you called us in June, and you had $7,000 saved. Um, mm-hmm. That was just in your savings account. Uh, We talked a little bit before I started recording. So the combination between saving to that 7,000, but then you were one of the people that looked at your 401k to help supplement your down payment. Can you tell us about that process? Were you scared of it? Did you think it was nuts? Did you listen to my podcast and think I was nuts and then decide to change your mind? Tell us about it. Uh, So if anything with that, when I was considering, you know, how am I going to buy a house with, I don't have like any of a down payment in my mind at that time. I had started talking to a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, who's also a CPA. He helps me with my taxes and does, you know, helps me through all that every year. And um, my initial thought was like, oh, maybe I could take out of my 401k, which is also usually a terrible idea. And I know better than that, but I kind of, you know, put it in front of him just to see what he would say. And he was like, no, 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 don't do that. You can just take a loan out against it. And I was like, oh. Okay, what does that mean? So we kind of talked through it and I thought, okay, actually that's okay, that makes sense. And then later, as I was listening to your podcast, then you brought up the same thing. And it was kind of one of those things where like you were already going through like, you know, factual data, mathematics, things like that that already made sense to me. And then you threw out this thing that like a very good front friend of mine who's also a CPA talked to me about already. So I was kind of like, okay. Like this guy knows what he's talking about and he's making very like valid points at this, you know, stage and like the process. So kind of continued from there. It, it made sense to me. Well, it, it is a very important thing for people to understand. It's a myth buster. It's like the 20% down, um, you know, the original. But, but, but what was cool was you skirted the conversation into it by already thinking, well, this is going to be dumb. I'm going to get a big tax penalty. You know, I'm going to get a, gonna get a big penalty because I'm pulling it out before the retirement age. But I still am even considering that, you know, you were still even thinking about doing that, which tells me that at some point you already had a mindset that buying at this time in your life 
even as a single woman, which is great. I just did. Do you know single women are totally crushing single guys? Right now, 10.7 million single women and only 8.1 million single men own homes. So take wow. that, fellas. All right. So you're already in the right mindset uh, or a mindset, uh, a, a proactive mindset. And then you got this beautiful news, kind of like people who come to me and think they have to have 20%. I go, no, 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 you don't have to. And you figured out that you could do the 401k through your CPA and through the podcast, tax-free, uh, as well as, um, you know, no penalties, especially if you're going into your, now, most of the time it's, uh, either 50% of what you got or a $50,000 maximum, but that was enough for you to get a 5% down payment. Yeah. 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 And you're in the DC area. So we're, you know, close to half a million dollar homes in your area. Is that about the right price point? Yes. How did this affect you? What was the difference between your rent and your current mortgage right now? Approximately. Um, Are you a okay. lot more, a lot less kind of close? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's over what I was paying in rent for the time that I was there. But again, let's keep in mind that this was like pandemic era, right? So yeah. I was paying a pretty hefty amount of rent for the New York area, which is expected but I managed to get a really great apartment at one point for a price that I wouldn't normally get it for, which was like in the 3000 area. And then um, the landlord that I had at the time told me that following year, cause I was planning on staying there for a little while cause it was great. And um, she said, you know, I actually would really like to sell. Like I want to retire. Would you be interested in buying it? And I thought this is kind of what started that whole thing, right? Where I was like, could I buy this apartment? And, you know, I started doing the math and looking into it and she had to go through numbers and things for a couple of months. So in that time is really where I was trying to like figure out, you know, like a range and like what I could afford and like all of those things and just doing like research on what the other units in the building cost. And uh, it's like, it was a co-op, right? So you also have that fee included. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. made like a rough estimate. And then she came out with a price that was enough that I was like, okay, I'm not going to pay that. But on top of it, she was like, okay, but also your co-op fees are going to be like $2,100 a month on top of your mortgage. And I was like, okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, and, and I'm from Southern California and you're from the East Coast and there are people in Minnesota going, I could buy a house at $2,100 a month. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. And and you you do research and, you know, because I, I so I started looking into other areas of, you know, New York City and stuff. And I mean, granted, there's New York City is a lot bigger than I think a lot of people really realize. Sometimes there's lots of places you can go in New York City. But I think I was just kind of thrown off by the idea of like, what am I going to be able to afford here versus if I went back to the D.C. area right now? And I mean, even the apartment that I lived in in Jersey City, I already knew Within the time I had moved there, I started looking at the rent from my same apartment, like I swear to you, like a month later, and it had shot up like a thousand dollars more. And I was Whoa. like, okay, yeah, like, yeah. So I mean, in in but terms you, you of mean life, like they, they got they got somebody out, fixed it up, and quoted you a thousand dollars more than the last person. No, so I I um I put my apartment under contract like it was like in February, but I couldn't move in until like April. So okay. by the time I got into it, then we move into May, 
And at that point, I'm just curious. So I'm looking at the other units available in the same building and they shot up for the same unit that I had. <gasps> but you were under contract. Yeah, I was already under contract. So mine was fine. A thousand dollars in 60 days, basically. Basically. Wow. And I was like, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> and well, actually, okay. it turned out to be like one of the most expensive places to live, like in the country or something, not too long after that. And, and I was hated like, Jersey City. And I hated Jersey City on top of it. So, <laughs> no offense to everybody in Jersey City, but uh, no get, like it, great. Not my no, thing. If you're, well, you're coming from New York City, which is different. Yeah. Uh, that's apples. That's going to be apples to oranges to anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. you're missing DC which, you know, yeah. is a different vibe and there's friends and, you know, your friends aren't from Jersey City. What are you going to do? Um, right. There, there are like major, uh, my, the word that I use that my kids and my wife hate, major nuggets in there um, to help people. Uh, yeah. So the impetus, what got you going was that rent thing. Originally in, in, in the potential to buy. Um, but you like, you, you had multiple, multiple pieces that you took advantage of. Um, it was a combination of these things that kind of put you in this situation that in the long run are going to set you up the ability to work remotely. There are so many people. So if there are listeners out there that have moved to another city and once you establish yourself, even with some student debt, even with some credit card debt, you know, if you're doing all right and three four thousand dollars a month ends up being what is you know can be in a lot of those big cities you're opening their eyes to the idea of maybe i go back home and work remotely and for you that was uh would you say that the, the friend factor besides the fact that you didn't like where you were in jersey or was this always the plan to go back to dc it just got fast forwarded a little bit once your place place got sold? Well, so here's a funny, here's a funny thing. I don't know if I told you that I'm actually from New Mexico originally and yes. was raised there. Um, so I guess that would kind of be considered if I were to go back somewhere remotely and save money and stuff, because New Mexico's far cheaper than the East Coast. Um, I've never considered going back to New Mexico. I hope nobody's offended by that, my friends and family from there. But uh, yeah, no, I never considered going back to New Mexico. The D.C. area, though, I I consider that home at this point. Um, Did you go to school there or? Okay. No, um, I actually ended up moving out here for work. One of my best friends moved out here years and years ago and was trying to convince me to move here for forever. I finally moved here in 2018 and really liked it a lot. Um, but I had always had this dream to go live and work in New York City. Got it. And in 2020, I got that opportunity but literally the day that I got there, they told me not to come to the office until further notice, which was in March of 2020. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's, kind of a, it's, it's a lot of things over the past four and a half years. <laughs> come, come enjoy the city. <laughs> and then you're like in your apartment for six months. Yeah, it was a ghost town in here. So it was the weirdest thing on earth. But um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's funny, though, because even during that time, it's like weird and crazy and things that were going on. And I was by myself in New York City at that point because I didn't know anyone. Oh, my gosh. Um, except for like kind of co-workers, but not really at that point. Um, 
I I still love New York so much. And I was thinking, you know, I, I'm just, I'm staying here. This is just where I am from now on. Like, I love this city. Um, but, you know, over time, things happen and you kind of realize again that, like, I, I had established my best friend was here. I had established other friends here. I established relationships with their families. And so, um, you know, I just kind of missed all of that. And um, when you're thinking of buying a home where you're going to be for the next three to five to maybe 10 years, you're really considering like all of the things that are coming with where you're moving, but then also where you're going to probably be in that period of time as well. So and I think that's very important for people to understand, you know, now that you, that's uh, so well said because you're looking at your, so many people are, are thinking about their employment and, you know, if you are in a space where employment can be moved around, that there are lots of big cities and, and like you said, maybe someplace you're attached to. Cause I mean, it's so funny cause I'm, you know, South of Los Angeles and there are people that, you know, they moved to Wyoming. The people in Wyoming are like, I'd never moved to Los Angeles. And the people in Los Angeles are like, I, I can't wait to move to, you know, Wyoming. Right. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing with New Mexico. There are people in New York that would die to live where <laughs> you grew up and you're like, oh my God, get me out of here. Get me to New York. So it, it happens. Um, what were the, the, the steps for you then once, cause all this came into place. It has been enough. So four years for you. Um, <laughs> So you reached out, you reached out to me, you, uh, you thought that I was straight into the point, which cracks me up, but you know, I know I will math out on you and nerd out on you and I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> so then I got you to one of my old school, uh, pre podcast unicorns. I've known Kate forever and she's yeah. a big DC person. How did the process go with you, uh, finding that, that unicorn realtor and then the lender, um, and what you can remember about the, the beginning of the process and getting going. Um, so, I mean, there's a point where you kept saying like, reach out to me, like unicorns, unicorn, unicorn, like was the magic word that I heard all the time. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to reach out and just see what happens. Right. Like, um, I'm very like dip my toe in the water and just kind of see if it's freezing cold or hot or what's going on there before I like jump in. Um, but you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe he'll get back to me. Maybe he's just so busy now that he's never going to talk. I have no idea. Um, but you got back to me really quickly and you're like, here's this person. Cause I, at the time was still kind of between New York and, and, uh, moving back to, to Virginia. And you're like, here's a person in New York and here's a person in Virginia. Oh and yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. So you gave me like two different unicorns in the two different areas. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I just started doing more and more research. I, I talked to both of them. Um, they're both great, very like on top of their stuff. Um, and, you know, at that time, I think it was still pretty earlier in the year. So they're both like, okay, what are you thinking? What are you planning? And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm still kind of trying to get out of like this lease that I have and figure out which direction I'm going to go here. And, you know, I finally just decided to come back to the DC area. And that's the point where, um, you know, I told Kate, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back to the v, the Virginia area. But I, you know, I just kind of need a minute. Like, I'm just trying to, like, sort some things out. And and um, she's like, you know, take your time. Like, you know, figure out what you want. Like, there's no rush and, and whatnot. So I spent the following months, actually, just, like, just doing things that, like, 
you would think are common sense, but like you definitely point out in your podcast that like, I was like, okay, that does make a lot of sense. Like researching the areas and like comparing prices and like what, you know, kind of that neighborhood is really about. Like, what do people say about it? Like, what is it at the nighttime versus the daytime? And, yeah. Um, you know, just like all those kinds of things. And so I was just like making comparisons between just even how quickly like units were selling and stuff and like which ones were selling quickly and which ones were kind of on the market for a while and maybe why. And I just get like really up in my head about this stuff. And so I spent a good few months really researching different areas, even here, because I was kind of like, well, maybe I want to be kind of closer to the like the metro like a specific line where you can kind of walk there. Maybe I don't want to buy a car yet. Maybe I still want to be in a condo kind of like up in the air sort of situation and be able to walk to most places. Like, I don't know if I'm fully like out of the New York state of mind yet. Yeah. Or maybe I want to go to like a quieter area where like I have more space and it's not as far from DC, but I have like more than a bedroom and a bathroom. You know, I, I wanted to have a little extra space. So I was going back and forth on all of that for like months and just watching everything here and like the different areas that I really um, was interested in. And, um, and so in between, I kind of took a break. I, I had broken my lease, I think was like towards the end of September. And I was like, I'm going to go like visit family in New Mexico and stuff for a bit. So I went over there for like a month or so. And then, um, I came back up here like in like late October and, um, and so I just like kind of told Kate, like, okay, I think I know what I want at this point. And I just was sending her ideas of like, this looks interesting to me. Like over time, it's funny because her and I became friends on Instagram too. So like, yeah. I would just like, send her things. And I think she kind of got like an idea of my personality and things that I tend to like. So, um, you know, she was very patient with me, very like, yeah, when you're ready, we'll do it. Or, okay, we can put the brakes on it. And then we just, uh, it's kind of funny because the very first day that we went to go look at listings, like I kind of already had an idea of which one I wanted, but I wanted to see the other ones first, like just, just in case. Yep. And, um, like the one that I really wanted at that point, the first day that we went to look at listings is the one that I am in at this point. You know, I did that with, uh, when I first moved just to, to, uh, North Hollywood Studio City, uh, you know, from where I am, which is just an hour away from where I grew up. But uh, I think I had four or five different apartments. And the second, third and fourth one, I did all the research ahead of time. And it was the first one. And yeah. with, with my houses, with my wife, it was a whole different thing because school districts and all that. And so it was a little more like we had it, but we were just waiting. And yeah. then when it popped up, we knew that was it. But I think that what you're talking about is so important. There are you as the buyer need to make sure that, you know, you don't just call the if you're expecting to call the agent and the agent to explain everything about the city to you and which pocket is just make sure you communicate that to them, because a lot of times we think that everybody is like you. Mm. We assume that this is a big giant step in your life and that you're doing a lot of the work. And then, but what's funny is sometimes people just come and go, oh my God, I could finally afford this now. Will you please give me a house anywhere within 30 miles? <laughs> and, but just know if you want to do a lot of this on your own, you can set yourself up so that you're walking like Amber and it's just like, boom, that's it. That's the one. 
and it'll go at the at the timing that you want to as long as you set it up were there uh but that's a great lesson on on doing the work ahead of time the finding out the nighttime finding out everything and you have to figure out who am i am i a car person or not a car person anymore that's a big deal what did you end up are you a car person or not a car person now um if i am within like five or 10 minutes of a metro stop or a subway stop. I am not a car person. If it's any more than that, I am a hundred percent a car person. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, like you can't do a whole lot around here if you do not have a car. So I was like, did the neighborhood did, did which factor played into you? Did you, did you uh, go for the place that was quieter or the place that had more stuff on the walking distance or a hybrid? So, um, the quieter place, and for a few reasons, I really liked a certain area that I kept seeing a certain model of condo um, popping up. And at this point, this place has been built in the 40s, right? So it's been remodeled in all kinds of different ways, but the same layout yeah. ultimately. You had some people that put a lot more into like the kitchen and remodeling and, you know, the price is higher. You have some that it looks like it hasn't hardly been touched since 1940. So the price is lower, but then you have to also weigh those things, right? Like, do I want to deal with that in the next five to 10 years? I don't know. Um, so I kind of, this place ended up being perfect because I was seeing kind of extremes of this where it was either very remodeled and a lot more expensive, or it was very underwhelming and cheaper, but that also meant some sort of cost to me in the near future that I don't know that I want to do that right this second. So this was like an in-between, like they remodeled it enough that like, I don't have to do a whole lot. But not so much that I'm also like, oh, God, who picked out that backsplash? That's terrible and not like my style either. And I don't want to pay more money for that. Right. So um, yeah, you don't want to pay for somebody else's remodel. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, I don't. OK, I don't understand where this idea <laughs> came from, but now I'm going to pay a lot more money for it. Um, so, yeah. So this one kind of landed on in between. I loved the layout. These are actually old um, like military barracks, I guess. Really? So, yeah, really cool, like history on this area and stuff. But on top of that, like I talked to some, you know, just a variety of people about the neighborhood. And every time I mentioned this neighborhood to someone, it was always the reaction was always like, oh, I love it over there. It's so it's so cute. It's so pretty. Um, everyone loves their dog there, you know, and, um, and wow. I, have a, I have a nine year old bulldog that like is like my child. So I was like, OK, like that sounds great. Um and then, um, you know, when I came to to visit the area with Kate, like it was like fall, which helped, right? Because oh, yeah. like, leaves are falling and people are walking their dogs and everyone's outside. And it's very, people are pretty active over here. Like it just had the feel, right? You know, that feeling when you're just like, oh, okay, this is totally me. Like, yep. I love this. Um, and what's interesting is like people can, because of all the work you did ahead of time, there are some times where, with buyers, they get the feel and we're like, oh, okay, this is the neighborhood for you. But we haven't really figured out houses yet. And we're like, okay, so then we figure out, okay, this is the neighborhood, but now we just have to wait for the right house to pop up. Mm-hmm. But because you had done all that prep work, y- you got the house you knew, okay, that's going to work. And then you walked in the neighborhood and it just confirmed everything you heard for you and the bulldog. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's happy here too. Also, so nice. Does he have his own? Does he have his own room, or just take over the whole house? Um, like this is his house. I'm just living in it. Nice. Much, you know, I feel so. you on that. 
I got. Uh, so one of the things about this is it has a, a small backyard, which we haven't had. Wow. Most of his life. Um, so very nice, like for him to have like a little space to hang out. Um, there's like the basement has its own entryway, which is really nice. Um, it, it turned into like a two bedroom, two bath situation, which also worked out for me. Cause again, this is kind of going back to thinking in future terms, right? We're like, I'm going to be here for the next three to five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. What am I going to evolve into at that point? Like, what am I going to need then? Right. Because the whole like living closer to the Metro and bars and restaurants and things is nice right now, but like, I'm not going to still be doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know what I mean? In the next few years, like, I'm not going to care about that anymore. I'm going to care about like gardening and like, I don't know if my neighbors put up nice Christmas lights or something, um, which is something you get more in like this kind of community. And, um, you know, I have visitors that come throughout the year and it was always hard in New York, especially because you have like this little tiny crowned apartment and you're trying to like <laughs> share it with like, you know, anywhere from like two to four people that are visiting you. And, um, and it worked out perfectly because the house is, it's a condo technically, but it looks like a townhouse. It's got three levels. I have like a basement with its own bathroom, the main level, and then the upstairs, which is kind of like reserved for like my bedroom, my office, you have your main living area. And then the basement is kind of like for guests to like, and that sounds weird to say like the basement is for guests. It's not a creepy basement, by the way. It's like, I was thinking color. serial killer, but okay, you, you go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Really I know. DC, really well. DC is, uh, it's actually where, where, where my parents, uh, started back in the day. My dad worked at the Pentagon and, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. When, when they first got married, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really, uh, it, it's, it's a basement, but it's a room mm -hmm. in most of the places. So especially even, even in a forties built place. Okay. I was taking notes. Oh my God. Everybody hit rewind and go back. I just decided you name the title, How to Buy as a Single Person. So many of the mindset things you talked about, I try to explain to people. Um, and it's, you know, with the podcast, I want people to do this early. I've had a lot of fun people that are buying right out of college and never have to rent. Um, one of the things I need to, you know, want to explain to people is live your life. If yeah. you want to have that sick apartment right near all the bars and restaurants and all that, I probably would recommend doing that as an apartment. And that's coming from me, yeah. who's yeah. like, buy a home, buy. Do that for two years. But I do see a lot of young people buy, trying to buy the sick apartment for the house because they think that they're being a baller and they're going to, you know, be an invest, you know, have money. And I'm like, that's cool, but you're mentally going to outgrow this place in five years. Yeah. So Absolutely. what a genius move by you. That was awesome. Any, and uh, say, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. And I was going to say, it wasn't entirely like freshly my idea, though, in the middle. Like I was still kind of in between. I was actually with a couple one night for Halloween. Like we'd all went to this like party. And afterwards, like we were all driving back together and, and they had just bought a place. Uh -huh. And they were kind of working through that because they're like, yeah, we were thinking about buying a place in like the Clarendon area, which is still very like bars, restaurant, because that's who we are right now still. But they were like, but we want to have like kids in a few years. Like they had just gotten married and stuff. And they're like, and we want to have room to grow in and stuff. So they kind of bought further out where they could get a lot more space. It's a lot further away from that area, but they were yeah. like, but that, 
that makes and so that is kind of what like made a light bulb in my mind about should I pick one or the and I was like okay that that makes a lot of sense and kind of helped me finally decide like which direction I was going. So not fully my idea right there and then, but you know, I took it and I ran with it. So Oh, no, just like just like the the landlord selling the place. I mean, it, I I still applaud you for in taking the information and figuring out where to go with it. So, you know, I mean, uh, all these things, I mean, whether it's your unicorn realtor or your unicorn lender when you're talking about finances or your CPA friend when you're talking about finances. I mean, I did seven episodes on finances and like talk to everybody, talk to tax people, talk to CPA people, get all kinds of, you know, different information. And by by you intaking that and figuring it out, you know, because it, it does get really interesting to me because I have some, you know, my at one, my wife and I actually, we had a smaller place mm-hmm. at the beginning and we thought for sure we were going to move out of it because we needed to get in the school district, not realizing that the getting pregnant pregnancy, it's not like, oh, we're going to have kids next year. So to, this is year zero. No, you got two years for that. Then you got five, six, seven years before the school district really matters. Yeah. You know, so like you can, you can pick your neighborhoods, but, but that kind of bigger thinking mentality is so crucial. And it's, you know, we're sitting here talking today. There's no like quick before and after picture. Like this is me. And this is me when I lost, you know, 80 pounds. Uh, yeah. This is us just talk, but I know in like seven years, your, you know, your kid's going to, uh, your friends or other people that you know in your life are going to go back and listen to this podcast and are going to be like, yeah, damn straight. Look how dope this is for you now. You know, you're in, because you'll be in such a good situation, you know, with the extra rooms and, oh, you also mentioned the condo and townhome. That was great for me because people, you know, it is technically a condo, but three stories, girl, that's a townhome. That is... <laughs> basement and all that that's amazing yeah. i'm like you can call it what you want it, yeah. it looks like something different to me and that's you know that's all i care about so i know everything is a california condo and like i get buyers <laughs> that freak out on me and i'm like sorry that's what the tax roll says yeah. you know, the, the county assessor calls it a condo you can call it a townhome you can call it a castle i don't care but, you know <laughs> knock yourself out whatever well, you want Cool. <laughs> was there anything else about the process, you know, uh, uh, warning signs or uh, fears you had that 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 maybe you didn't need to be afraid of or like stuff you went, oh, this was great or, oh, this was psycho um, that, you know, you could let our audience know about? Um, so I will say this before I started all this, I was going through the whole, uh, is this like a good time to do this? Like a recession is like supposed to be on the way. Um, you know, there's just been so much chaos with the pandemic and we still are very like unsure of like where things are going. And, and I tend to be very risk adverse. Right. So I just thought, okay, well, you know, if anything happens and I'm in in an apartment, I can break the lease and like, I'm not (laughs) like a servant to this mortgage and, and, and I have commitment issues. I will, I would admit that. So a house to me was like, that is scary. Um, but you know, like again, doing research, you know, really looking at, you know, and and the funny thing is, is that I knew a lot of these things beforehand. I, I, you know, I I went to school for finance and things. I understand, you know, the economic highs and lows and history repeats itself and how those things change through time. And like, 
I, I know better than to allow that type of fear to kind of take over me, but it still did, right? Like all it takes is people in your ear for a little bit, people saying, oh, you know, you should wait until, you know, the, the rates are crazy and like prices of houses and everything. Like, this is a crazy, like, don't do it. Just wait, wait, wait. But you know what it comes back down to is I'll bring myself out of that and I will go look for, again, like facts and truthful information about like what this actually means to me. And, and again, like that's something that I appreciated. Like you, you hit the nail on the head in so many of your podcasts where you're like, this is what this means. And if you wait for, you know, the, the housing market to crash, you might save this amount of money, but here's what it is in mathematics and, and, and all that. And, uh, and I thought, okay, all right, now we're back out of that weird fear stage. Like this, this is, this makes sense again. And I'm just, I don't feel worried about it anymore. Like I, feel good about it. Like I have to go through a lot of things before I feel good about my decisions. Right. Amber, I couldn't, I I'm sitting here trying to hold my tongue because in a good way, because so much of what you talked about, like, okay, if, if you're not an, an Amber and you listen to this for the fun and the jokes and all that, that was a good 30 minutes. Thank you very much. We'll see you the next, next episode. If you're an Amber, here we go. Okay, what you did was you talked about so many important things. It was amazing to me. As a math person, overcoming the emotion. As a math person who studied the history as the pandemic happened, it even though you were economics focused and, and, and you look at the history and you studied that, the emotion of that moment was still so much that if you were following what was going on, we were in and out of that so fast and yeah. rebounding at such a fast level. But what is what is great is to hear that like, so someone out there who doesn't have uh, uh, any education or history in finance, understand that even the people who do get scared, oh, you yeah. know, because it was, it was so huge. And, you know, you, that, that was amazing to me that you talked about that level of, of depth and, and real knowledge of the potential and what could happen and knowing that, you know, what all the investors say, you know, when recessions happen, it's the time for us to buy. But the combination between understanding that we are going to come out of this because you've studied it and the combination between if you're paying three grand a month in rent, that <clears throat> it might not go up 25% next year, but mathematically it still makes more sense for you to take that and put it into it, because even if your home doesn't appreciate a ton, you're still gonna have a large percentage of that that goes towards a loan, which means you're purchasing an asset as opposed to towards nothing. You know, it is all, if you pay $3,000 a month, $36,000 a year. Now, does all of that go to the house? No, but what if it's $25,000 a year? You know, you can rent somewhere for 20 and, and, and get nothing out of it, or you yeah. can own a home. And even if the, the, the market stays stagnant, you still have $25,000 into the equity of that home. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's that type of math. So did the loan process for you then, was it, was it confusing or having a finance background? Was it just like another exam day? Uh, no. Well, so when I, when I had, I, went to school for finance was a long time ago also. So <laughs> I don't even remember half of that. Did you forget so. it all? Like my Spanish classes? <laughs> yeah. Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where like, so 
somebody who talks about it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I have, I, I do understand this, but like, otherwise you completely just forget about it. Um, so, uh, going through the loan process, you know, it's funny is I felt like everyone that I had talked to had bought a house at this point. Cause all of my friends at this point are either have just bought a house or they're buying a house. And they're like, this is like been one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And it's so complicated and stressful. And I don't know if it was just that I happened to have a really great realtor and like lender combination of like, I don't know what it was, but like, it didn't feel that bad. <laughs> like It felt like, you know, Kate is awesome. She's very like, you know, to the point and gets it done and everything. And she's just like, we're going to do this, that, and the other. And I'm kind of like, as long as you tell me what I'm doing and what my deadlines are, like, I'm good. And she was very on top of it. So it was my lender. And they were like, this is what this means. But also on top of that, they were very quick to jump on a phone call with me if I did have questions and explain it and answer all of my questions, no matter how dumb I thought they might sound. And, you know, all of those things helped me feel like the process was a lot easier than I expected it to be. Um, so, you know, we pretty much closed within a month of me putting an offer on this house. And um, yeah, it all went by really quickly. It was kind of like, Kate, this is what I think I want. We went and found it, put an offer in that next day. Um, and then we're like, okay, we're just going to like close in a month. And we I don't know. I, I read through some documents and things over that period of time that I signed and, you know, had questions about and got questions answered. And, and it all felt very like pretty smooth actually. And then closing day came and again, you go through your whole, everything you're signing and it was just, it wasn't that bad. Like <laughs> I feel bad. Like now I'm, I don't understand what other people might've gone through, but like, I almost hate to like go back and be like, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know what happened to you, but it, it actually was, it was pretty pleasant, I thought. So it is, uh, yeah, this is a weird one for me because you know, the answer is really, <laughs> the answer is really, really simple. They don't have unicorns. Okay. That's it. That's it. That the reason I started this podcast was because there were, you know, over the last year, there have been a million listings and three million realtors. I mean, as much as I love being able to teach, people how to buy a home for people like you who, you know, I wasn't going to call it a how to buy a home as a single person. I'm going to call it how to buy a home as a practical single person because <laughs> that's, that's you. You're a practical single person. You appreciate my numbers. Uh, you don't think I'm long winded, which already like you're my favorite person in the world. Um, but the practical real story is there are in your hometown, 97% of the people are not a good fit for a first time home buyer. And all I'm doing is matchmaking and or teaching you how to go out and find that person yourself. So thank you for answering. Honestly, I've known Kate for a long time and forget my podcast. She was awesome years ago. So that all this, the, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't. It can be. It's a true story. It can be stress free if you have the right people who have your best interest at heart. Um, yeah. That was cool what you said, too, because it's not just because there are some realtors that can do a killer job for you, but they ain't picking up the phone and they're not answering your dumb questions. Uh, <laughs> they might do a killer job. You know, it's like my whole podcast is there. there is no dumb. There is no ignorant. You are ignorant. You shouldn't know this. I shouldn't know how to go to your house and do your job, you know, and there's no dumb questions. You've never done it before. 
So this is fantastic. Amber, you're the best. Everybody out there, uh, if you're looking for a home for your bulldog and you really <laughs> want something, you can call a townhome, even though people call it a condo. Follow Amber's lead. Get a unicorn. Do some work ahead of time. And yeah. Oh, boy. The more I keep saying this out, you're right. This is like, I, I legally, I don't think I'm allowed to say, listen to the podcast. And the first place you look at, you'll buy and close in 30 days and there'll be no problems. Thank you. No, I don't <laughs> think I can say that. Good for you. <laughs> Way to go. Thank you, Amber. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, not much more I can say. Uh, gotta love it when you've got someone who went to school for finance and still admitted that the home buying process can be so overwhelming that not only did they get advice from a CPA about financial things uh, to figure out that you can use your 401k as a non-taxable, non-penalized event, but also the fact that someone who went to school for finance still got involved in all this and realized that the emotions took over her economic mind. Lots of great stuff in there. Thanks to Amber. Amber figured it out, and I'm sure you can too. What do I say every time? Oh, yeah, that's right. You can do this.